Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse on the link at the top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email, including both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 10, The Delusional Thought System. We're also mindful of our lesson today, uh, review lesson uh, 208. And like all of the lessons in this 20 lesson review section is preceded by the thought, I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. Today we're reviewing the lesson, the peace of God is shining in me now. And by way of opening this morning, I was uh, at the last minute directed otherwise this morning to this poem from Paralyzed Amadon in his book, Forty Prayers. He titled the the piece, Psalm 2, and in homage to the peace of God shining in our hearts, here it is. My heart is your sky, beloved. There is nothing I need. On the hills of your earth I walk upright, and in the fields of your love I find peace. You have made my soul a window and opened it to you. You have taken away my fear. You have given me to know, to know my home is in your presence and I will live in the light of your joy forever. Peace of God is shining in me now. Amen. Thanks, Lori. That was sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. That was lovely. Excellent, excellent poem for the day. All right, my friends, here's our reading list this morning. We have Fran, Lemoyne, and Lana. And we're joined in listening this morning by Judy, Robin Marie, and Karen. <clears throat> I don't think anyone else has come along just yet. So we'll take off <laughs> from here. In Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, the Section 10, The Delusional Thought System, in Paragraph 84. You have been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. And you have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself the little thought that seems split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. Yet this wild and delusional thought needs help, because in its delusions, it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom it's set apart 
to tyrannize my madness into obedience and slavery. Fran. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 10, The Delusional Thought System. 84. You have been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. And you have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself, the little thought that seems split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. Yet this wild and delusional thought needs help because in its delusions it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom to set apart the tyrannized by madness into obedience and slavery. 85. This is the little part of you you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness, guarded by attack, and reinforced by hate. Within its barricades is still a tiny segment of the Son of God, complete and holy, serene and unaware of what you think surrounds it. Be you not separate, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. Thank you, Fran. And one. Okay, I'm going to back up a sentence. This wild and delusional thought needs help because in its delusions, it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom it set apart to tyrannize by madness into obedience and slavery. This is the little part of you you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness, guarded by attack, and reinforced by hate. Within its barricades is still a tiny segment of the Son of God, complete and holy, serene and unaware of what you think surrounds it. Be you not separate, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. How is this done? It is extremely simple, being based on what this little kingdom really is. The barren sands, the darkness and the lifelessness are seen only through the body's eyes. Its vision is distorted, and the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited, and so fragmented they are meaningless. From the world of bodies made by insanity, insane messages 
seemed to be returned to the mind which made it. And these messages bear witness to this world, pronouncing it as true. For you sent forth these messengers to bring this back to you. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Lana. Okay, I'm going back a sentence. Uh, Be you not separate for the one, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. 86. How is this done? It is extremely simple, being based on what this little kingdom really is. The barren sands, the darkness, and the lifelessness are seen only through the body's eyes. Its vision is distorted, and the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited and so fragmented they are meaningless. From the world of bodies made, I'm sorry, from the world of bodies made by insanity, insane messages seem to be returned to the mind which made it. And these messages bear witness to this world pronouncing it as true. For you sent forth these messengers to bring this back to you. 87. Everything these messages relay to you is quite external. There are no messages which speak of what, of what lies underneath. For it is not the body that could speak of this. Its eyes perceive it not. Its senses remain quite unaware of it. Its tongue cannot relay its its messages. Yet God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through seeming terror. Trust in him not to abandon you and leave you there. For it is not his purpose to frighten you, but only yours. You are severely tempted to abandon him at the outside ring of you are severely tempted to abandon him at the outside ring of fear, but he would lead you safely through and far beyond. Thank you, Lana. And would there be a new reader for eighty seven and eighty eight? Charles here, I can read. Well, thank you, Charles, and welcome. Thank you. Uh, 87. Everything these messages relay to you is quite external. There are no messages which speak of what lies underneath. For it is not the body that could speak of this. Its eyes perceive it not. Its senses remain quite unaware of it. Its tongue cannot relay its messages. Yet God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through the seeming terror, trusting him not to abandon you and leave you there. For it is not his purpose to frighten you, but only yours. You are severely tempted to abandon him 
at the outside ring of fear, but he would not. But he would lead you safely through, and far beyond. Eighty-eight. The circle of fear lies just below the level of the body's eyes. The body sees, and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all the insane attacks, the fury, vengeance, and betrayal that and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place, so that the world could rise from it and keep it hidden. Its shadow rises to the surface, enough to hold its most external manifestations in darkness and to bring despair and loneliness to it and keep it joyless. Yet its intensity is veiled by its heavy covering and kept apart from what was made to keep it hidden. The body cannot see this, for the body arose from this for its protection, which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see, yet they will see what it dictates. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Um, would there be another new reader for 88 and 89? Eighty-eight and eighty-nine. Hurry, friend, back to you. Eighty-eight. The circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all the insane attacks, the fury, vengeance, and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place so that the world could rise from it and keep it hidden. Its shadow rises to the surface, enough to hold its most external manifestations in darkness and to bring despair and loneliness to it and keep it joyless. Yet its intensity is veiled by its heavy coverings and kept apart from what was made to keep it hidden. The body cannot see this. For the body arose from this for its protection, which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look at it, yet they will see what it dictates. 89. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion which seems to make it heavy and opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it as a fragile veil before the light. Thank you, Fran. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs 
as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion, which seems to make it heavy and opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it as a fragile veil before the light. This heavy-seeming barrier, this artificial floor which looks like rock, is like a bank of low, dark clouds that seem to be a solid wall before the sun. Its impenetrable appearance is wholly an illusion. It gives way softly to the mountaintops which rise above it and has no power at all to hold back anyone willing to climb above it and see the sun. It is not strong enough to stop a button's fall, nor hold a feather. Nothing can rest upon it, for it is but an illusion of a foundation. Try but to touch it, and it disappears. Attempt to grasp it, and your hands hold nothing. Thank you, Lemoyne. Lana. 94. This 90, this heavy seeming barrier, this artificial floor, which looks like rock, is like a bank of low dark clouds that seems to be a solid wall before the sun. Its impenetrable appearance is wholly an illusion. It gives way softly to the mountaintops, which rise above it and has no power at all to hold back anyone willing to climb above it and see the sun. It is not strong enough to stop a button's fall nor hold a feather. Nothing can rest upon it for it is but an illusion of a foundation. Try but to touch it, and it disappears. Attempt to grasp it, and your hands hold nothing. Ninety-four. Uh, Ninety-one, I'm sorry. Yet in this cloud bank, it is easy to see a whole, a whole world rising, a solid mountain range, a lake, a city, all rise in your imagination. And from the clouds, the messengers of your perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there. Figures stand out and move about. Actions seem real, and forms appear and shift from loveliness to the grotesque. And back and forth they go, as long as you would play, play the game of children's make-believe. Yet however long you play it, and regardless of, of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. Thank you, Lana. 
Uh, and Charles? Oh, there I go. Okay. <laughs> 91? Yet in yes, this... that's right. Thank you. Yet in this cloud bank, it is easy to see a world rising, a solid mountain range, a lake, a city, all rise in your imagination. And from the clouds, the messengers of your perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there. Figures stand out and move about. Actions seem real. Forms appear and shift from loveliness to the grotesque. And back and forth they go. As long as you would play the game, children's make-believe. Yet however long you play it, and regardless of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. 92. So should it be with the dark clouds of guilt, no more impenetrable, impenetrable, and no more substantial. You will not bruise yourself against them in traveling through. Let your guide teach you your substantial nature as he leads you past them. For beneath them is a world of light where they cast no shadows. Their shadows lie upon the world beyond them, still further from the light. Yet from them to the light, their shadows cannot fail. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Um, is there a new reader yet for 92 and 93? Yes, I can do it, Lori. Thank you, Judy. The noise in the background. Okay. It's Can't quiet. hear it. Good. It's quiet. Thank you. So should it be with the dark clouds of guilt. No more impenetrable and no more substantial. You will not bruise yourself against them in traveling through. Let your capital guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them. For beneath them is a world of light whereon they cast no shadows. Their shadows lie upon the world beyond them, still further from the light. Yet from them to the light their shadows cannot fall. This world of light, this circle of brightness, is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here the world outside is seen anew without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven, for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception where everything is bright and shining with innocence washed in the waters of forgiveness and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here 
There is no attack upon the Son of God, and you are welcome. Here is your innocence, waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And would there be another narrator for um, 93 and 94? Narrator for 93 and 94? Are you back to you, friend? 93. This world of light, this circle of brightness, is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here the world outside is seen anew, without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven, for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception, where everything is bright and shining with innocence, washed in the waters of forgiveness, and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here there is no attack upon the Son of God, and you are welcome. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. 94. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led that God himself can take the final step, unhindered, for here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still farther inward, but the one you cannot take, transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of light. Nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. Thank you, Fran. Um, is there an, a new reader that w- would enjoy completing this morning with 94? All right, well, morning. I could do that. Oh. Did someone else? from Marie. Oh, go ahead, Rob Marie. Go ahead, okay. Rob Marie. 94. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led that God himself can take the final step unhindered. For here does nothing interfere with love letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take, transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of light, nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. 
Are you on mute, Lori? I was. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone who read this morning. And everyone who called and joined and listened to these beautiful words and everyone who learns what they mean on a personal level. Um, gee, there's, there's way too much to um, try and make a coherent summary out of. But... Um, I just don't think I can do it. The delusional thought system. Just a few highlights. This little thought, this tiny little fragment, this little bit of ego that tyrannizes by madness into obedience and slavery is the little part of you that you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness. The message is, be you not separate, for the one who does surround this little fragment has brought union to you. Returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. How is this done? on the basis of what this little tiny thought is. The messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited and so fragment they are meaningless. And everything the messages relate to you is quite external. There are no messages that speak of what lies underneath this circle of fear. Yet God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through the seeming terror, trusting him not to abandon you and leave you there. You are severely tempted to abandon him as the outside ring of fear, but he will lead you safely through and far beyond. This circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be a whole foundation on which the world is based. All the illusions and twisted thoughts, attacks, fear, vengeance, and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place so that a world could arise from it and keep the guilt hidden. The body cannot see this, for the body arose from this for its protection which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see what it dictates. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion, which seems to make it heavy an opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it as it is, a fragile veil before the light. This heavy-seeming barrier has no power to hold back anyone. 
Nothing can rest upon it, for it is but an illusion of a foundation. And in your imagination, the messengers of perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there, shifting, changing back and forth they go as long as you would play the game of children's make-believe. Yet however long you play it, and regardless of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. So should it be with the dark clouds of guilt, no more impenetrable and no more substantial, you will not bruise your heel against them in traveling through. Let your guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them, for beneath them is a world of light whereon they cast no shadows. This world of light, this circle of brightness is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here the world outside is seen anew without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven, for here have you forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception where everything is bright and shining with innocence, washed in the waters of forgiveness and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step for the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt they buy and gently replace by purity and love. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love, and not its source. Here you are glad that God himself can take the final step unhindered, for here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of nothing perceived, forgiven, or transformed, but merely known. This world of light. Um, so, I think we're close enough to the top of the hour. Where from this world of light, peace of God shines. And what a perfect lesson to pair with today's reading. Um, so once again, we turn to you, Fran, with thanks that you lead us in our reflection of today's lesson. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. It was a great summary. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on Review 6. And today, we're on Lesson 208, and it's the review of Lesson 188, The Peace of God is Shining in Me Now. So I'm just going to read one paragraph, the last paragraph, and then we'll do our 15-minute, I mean, I'm sorry, five-minute, Meditation. Okay, here's the last paragraph. To him, 
I offer this review for you. I place you in his charge and let him teach you what to do and say and think each time you turn to him. He will not fail to be available to you each time you call to him to help you. Let us offer him the whole review we now begin. And let us also not forget to whom it has been given as we practice day by day, advancing toward the goal he set for us, allowing him to teach us how to go and trusting him completely for the way each practice period can best become a loving gift of freedom to the world. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 208. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. The peace of God is shining in me now. I will be still and let the earth be still along with me. And in that stillness, we will find the peace of God. It is within my heart, which witnesses to God himself. I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. We'll do our five minutes now.
Lesson 208. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. The peace of God is shining in me now. I will be still and let the earth be still along with me. And in that stillness, we will find the peace of God. It is within my heart, which witnesses to God himself. I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. I just love how he tells us just to be still. Wow. That's so nice. Let the and let the earth be still along with me. And in that stillness we will find the peace of God because it is within my heart. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm complete. Amen. Boy, amen to that. Amen. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, friend. Hi, guys. It's Stu. Good morning. I love the way you emphasize the last paragraph in the instructions. That so um, comes to mind when I reread it every morning. And remember the holiness of the ideas that these review lessons are, are, are presenting, given as gifts, as presents to us, and from where they come. And, you know, that just, like, really opens up my mind and my heart. And in, um, in a beginner's mind of, and heart, hope, hoping for revelation to come, the revelation of the truth of the peace and the love, and the um, holiness of God that is inherent in everything that I see, and and, and in being one with um, the um, the peace of God sh- shining in me now. I think think of um, peace as being the condition for knowing who I am, the Prince of Peace. That Christ consciousness is the only part of my mind that is real. It's something that's has stuck with me since the first time I read it, the very first time in 2006, first time I read the Course. The peace of God is a condition for knowing who I am, that I am the kingdom of God, because it is the condition of the kingdom of God. And I am of God. I am of the kingdom. I am a part and um, in the wholeness and completion of it, and that it, that it can shine. And I love the way you reemphasize the reading from the lesson today, Fran, because that really gives us a true feeling of of an experiential feeling of it. That expansiveness of heart, um, being in the heart of God. That. Um, you know, our little physical hearts are just like a metaphor for it. <laughs> I used to think of of the the um, symbols of the words. The heart of God was, um, you know, twice removed from reality, but it's closer to reality than 
our actual physical being is and um, how we're just, this is a, uh, well, I won't go into that. I'm just loving the, I'm loving the reading large today because of the the coming, the coming, and I love to, Fran, the way you always mention, this is the first part of the workbook when we do the lessons because it's the undoing of what we think is real and restoring our minds to the reality of the truth of who we are in God, as God, one with God. Christ is who our self is. And um, so I'm just full of gratitude today and so glad I'm in the right neighborhood today. Thanks to everyone. I am complete. Well, Much love, so Judy. Much. Thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was just back in the right neighborhood. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, I just, one, I, I, you are. I love the gift of presence. The gift of presence that I come here and receive from everyone reminds me of the great love that is shines through each of us in our presence of sharing. And I love the gift of presence, and uh, I just wanted to share that. The gift of presence stood out for me today as something that I I can receive from all those I meet during the day is that presence, the gift that they bring with them. With that, I give thanks. Amen. Thank you, Charles. It's so nice to hear you again today. And your presence. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Charles. Totally, Charles. Uh, thank you, Charles. Hi, this is Chris. Good morning. I appreciate the shares that are being shared. Um, I love this um, lesson that reminds me to withdraw from any body identification that my mind presents. Um, to me, being free as God created me is to just be free from what I'm observing. Uh, at one time, there was a strong identification to the body, uh, but it's losing its hold on me. Uh, right now, I, I w- witness uh some discomfort um, at at a joint, and what my mind started doing was what the mind started doing was uh, find something to relieve the discomfort that's there. And it, as soon as I witnessed that, what came to mind is what the body, what what the uh, uh, psychotherapy pamphlet says that all healing is of the mind. So it was a great opportunity for me to, uh, as that uh, introduction says, to be in deep relinquishment of everything that clutters up the mind. That could clutter up my mind with concern, ways to deal with it, and could be an idle thought. 
But I could also witness that and let it go and give up and replace it by the idea that was given to us, uh, that we could be free uh, body identification and and be still as God created me. So, because the answer, of course, is is found in stillness and peace. Um, if I clutter up my mind with idle thoughts of the body, I lose the stillness and the peace that's shining in me now. Um, so my my uh, role is to uh, watch for the barriers that could be superimposed between that peace that shines in me now and God and God uh, communicating God's communication. Um, and I love that if, when I practice being peaceful and still. The earth is still along with me. Wow, that's that's powerful. Isn't that what the earth? Uh, isn't that to contribute to a peaceful uh, experience on earth? Let there be peace on earth. But we all know the other half of that song, and let it begin with me. Um, and God. And, and this lesson tells me exactly where that is. It's within my heart that witnesses to God himself. So here's, here's the roadmap. Now take the journey. Now do what the roadmap says and see what happens. Don't just go, don't just agree to this blindly put it to the test and see what happens and and be a testimony, an example that these words are really true for others. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Love you. Loved it, Chris. Thank you. Thanks so much. And Karen, did I hear did I hear yes. you coming in right yes. before that? Yeah, I did. Thank you. Um, can you hear me okay? I'm in this weird place. Your voice is lovely, thank oh, you. Oh yes. Okay, great. Um, so first I was thinking if the world that we see with our body's eyes is the world that's above the ring of fear. Um and then we, to go to the real world, we, we think through the ring of fear into the real world. If that's what I think the reading was telling us. I mean, many people on this call have read this so many times that you're not trying to tease it out like I am. But um, I was thinking, if, okay, the, the world that my body size sees is not real. I'm sitting in a car dealership. Would all of this just dissolve and vanish if I were in the real world? Or is it just that I'll perceive it completely differently? I'll perceive it in love and light, not through guilt and fear. Um, That was a question. But 
when I go into meditation and close my eyes and remove my awareness from my body senses, um, I think I know what the ring of fear is. It feels like um, it's the place where I feel all my blocks or I feel all my ego's emotional pains or I feel my memories or feel the thoughts that are just spinning and spinning in my mind that are not real thoughts, but they're generated from the ego's habit energy and ego's um, past associations, et cetera, et cetera. And then, eventually, when I'm in a good place, I hit the place where the peace is. The peace of God is shining in me now. There's no body awareness. It's just spacious, true self. And... Sometimes it becomes very, very light and bright. Sometimes it feels like a unity with everything. Even though my eyes are closed, I can feel the unity with all of you, all the communities of Course in Miracles or Amish communities or spiritual loved ones who are everywhere or even nature. Um, I guess my question is, is this world really going to dissolve and disappear? And then we walk on the earth in another type of perception? Or is all of the ego illusions attached to this world that I perceive all the time, unconsciously, subconsciously, is all back in the drop and all I'll feel is love and oneness and everything else will see, seem the same, sort of, you know, visually or something. Because the reason I'm asking this is because I had the experience once upon a time of um, feeling like I was called to stand up, and I did during meditation, and everything in the world changed. My third eye was open, and I was a healer, and it didn't last, but the world of my body's eyes was completely transformed. And I'm wondering if that's what's supposed to happen. Um, anyway, it may not be very meaningful, but at least if you could tell me if I got this right about the body's eyes, the ring of fear, and then the true self. Is that what this was reading, reading was telling us? I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. And uh, you, you asked the most pointed, pointed and perfect question. Uh, that you could possibly ask about this section. Um, I, I want to start with um, something from way back in the beginning, in Chapter 4, In Love Without Conflict. Um, this is a pretty unequivocal statement. He says, The calm being of God's kingdom, which in your sane mind is perfectly conscious, is ruthlessly banished from the I'm going to add the word tiny because we're talking about the tiny part here, is ruthlessly banished from the tiny part of mind which the ego rules. The calm being of God's kingdom in your same mind is perfectly conscious but ruthlessly banished from the tiny part of mind which the ego rules. So starting from that point, uh, I read this section as just one of the most beautiful, vivid, and also disorienting 
descriptions of the journey inward. You know, the mind, um, he says way back at the beginning, the first split introduced to the mind was the level of consciousness. Um, consciousness in that sense being what we see with the body's eyes, what we sense with our fingers, where we position ourselves in 3D space, that sort of thing. And then the mind was further divided into the subconscious material that was dissociated, denied, and repressed, and the superconscious, where the impulses from heaven uh, were also put because of a lack of understanding. So here's this divided mind. And what he describes in the delusional thought system is the journey inward. We're looking for that sane mind, which is perfectly aware, perfectly conscious, but ruthlessly banished from the part of the mind the ego rules. So following the Holy Spirit as guide, we're led inward past this ring of fear, the ring of fear being comprised of all the erroneous thoughts, beliefs, uh, frames of reference that we built around everything we think is true as an ego. That um, the world is a place of fear, that um, protection and control should be one's guiding light, that um, all sorts of material suppressed in the subconscious, the totality of which is the essence of the belief in guilt. We believe in guilt. You see, guilt, he says in this reading, he says very, very clearly, the unconscious is filled with shadows meant to keep the guilt in place. It's the belief in guilt and its associated fear that form this circle of seeming truth. And from that circle of seeming truth, from that subconscious content, the ego mind sends out its messengers looking for confirmation of what it believes to be true. And as it sends out those messengers looking for confirmation, what does it see but what it wants? It wants to confirm that fear is real, that guilt is real, that there's a reason to be separated and fearful, to guard oneself against constant acts of betrayal and abandonment. And all of that material surprises, comprises the subconscious content of the ego mind. So in the journey within, he's asking us to follow the Holy Spirit through this ring of fear, follow the guide through this ring of fear, through this circle of fear, and realize that from this subconscious contact, the ego mind casts shadows on everything. And what we see are shadows that become the messages that we ask the world for when we don't understand the nature of ourself. Past this, this ring of fear, this place of shadows that are cast upon the world, there's a world of light. And in the world of light, all he wants us to know is that guilt is not real. 
guilt is not real passing through these heavy clouds we recognize that guilt is not real and like you said the third eye awakens he says I think it's in chapter 2 the mind instantly realizes once you pass this ring of fear instantly realizes that the altar of holiness has been defiled by mistaken ideas about guilt and sin and instantly the Holy Spirit places the remedy on the inner altar the remedy being the atonement what you believe my child is not true you have not made yourself you have not changed your eternal creation and all that you thought was true was a consequence of your belief that you changed yourself past this real fear is your truth where guilt never existed where you are as holy as you were created as perfect and undefiled as you ever proceeded from the mind of God and creation nothing that you believed about yourself is true and then what happens is I'm in this world of light where I need not cast a shadow of my false beliefs onto the world you know he says perception perception is a result and not a cause it's a result of what I think is true about myself but if I take all this information from the journey inward and go back and look at review lesson 58 and I got to 58 review lesson 58 by realizing my mind is part of God's I am very holy at review lesson 8 he says I can my holiness envelops everything I see my holiness the truth of me envelops everything I see having forgiven myself of course forgiveness is laid upon the world forgiveness being just the retraction of all my false beliefs that comprise the ring of fear I no longer believe that any of that is true having forgiven myself the light of my forgiveness shines upon the world and I realize I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself that's what he's saying in paragraph 93 when guilt meets forgiveness you could throw in there when guilt meets forgiveness at the holy altar of God in our hearts in our soul when guilt meets with forgiveness there the truth destroys the illusion of guilt altogether you are forgiven because you have forgiven everyone and once your mind is cleansed of all guilt that you laid upon the world you're clothed in innocence guilt is gone replaced by purity and love how does that translate to walking through the world is your question and he answers it in the manual for teachers um, I'm trying to remember is it 12 or 22 I think it's 22 where he says awareness of dreaming is the function of God's son 
we see the dream figures come and go, but the mind, having met its capital self, is never again fooled about sin, guilt, or fear, because the presence within casts its holy light on everything you see. Does that mean I don't see bodies? No, it doesn't. It means that I never lose track of my capital self in a world that seems to be dreaming. Awareness of dreaming is the function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, but they never lose track of unity. Unity alone, he says, is not a thing of dreams. And so every time I meet someone who appears to be dreaming, I'm not going to get lost in that person's dream. That's what he calls false sympathy. I'm going to maintain my connection consciously, consciously with the truth of me. Recognizing the truth of me is the truth of everything. Nothing. If I can believe truly that I am as God created me, I automatically believe that everything is God as God created it. It's all contained in the mind of God. So, of course I see bodies. Of course I see illusions. But I don't lose track of truth in the midst of them. And from this quiet center we read yesterday, from this quiet center in all the raging storm, the mind doesn't lose track of its capital S self. That's the, the essence of the journey inward, is um, the healing of the mind no longer split into superconscious, subconscious, and ego consciousness or the consciousness that acts upon the world. The healed mind recognizes capitalist self, recognizing capitalist self is to recognize it everywhere. Um, and it's, this is a masterful section, and I've read it many, many, many times just to experience it's a real experiential reading because as you read about this cloud and bruise your foot and, and um, realize that this is all uh, dreaming, an ego dream based on all the subconscious material or the collective unconscious, um, you, you can, or I do, I do almost every time I read it, Right now, what's up and down? What's in and out? He wants me to feel that sense of disorientation and recognize that that sense of disorientation is what forms the collective unconscious world that we as bodies seem to share. But when we get past all of that to the truth, we recognize that that truth the atonement is the truth that everything in creation shares. Nothing in God's creation could ever have altered itself from the perfection of the Creator's mind because God cannot create unlike Himself. Uh, I'm complete and I'm so grateful that that you asked that question. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's it. Man, thank you. Thank Roy, you. I wish you could repeat the whole thing that you just said again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me, there was so me too. And it was 
such an answer on so many levels. There were so That's many beautiful. different levels that you touched. I wish. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, Lori. Thank, oh. Thank, Thank you. you. That was great. Yeah. It was pure. It was so beautiful. And it was recorded. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I love, Praise I, God for the for the Christ consciousness that he can put into words we can understand, you know, mm. uh, words that speak straight to the heart. Mm. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm complete. Thank you. Your description yeah. of the ring of fear was just awesome. spot on. <laughs> just spot on. Totally perfect. You know, yeah. and then to come into the clarity and truth of the true mind, the true self, and live from that place. I loved it. Every sec- every single word. Thank you. This is truly a course in how to receive guidance from the, the one true voice that we all share. The great companion that walked with us. As so eloquently and beautifully stated through our dear one, Lori, and through the lovely questions of our dear friend who brings up the desire to know our guidance and truth. It truly is a course for those who join together to share in that guidance. What a treasure it is to be here. Thank you so much. Good morning. It's great having you here. Sweet to hear you again, Charles. I beg your pardon, Sandra. That's okay. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate your your gratitude for for this group and for the wisdom that's shared in this group. And um, the peace of God is shining in me now. Um, and along with that is I am not a body. I am frequency. I am the light. Now, I have an option here. I, I have this body experience, but it's telling me that it's, that's not my identity. And, you know, there's, quantum physics is now out and open to all who um, want to explore it. And it's, quantum physics is based in connection, in, in, the, in unity, in the unity principle. But in order to fully appreciate quantum physics, physics, um, I can't judge because the world has a frequency too. This world has a frequency of density. I can't judge that density. There's nothing wrong with that density. There's nothing wrong with darkness. If I'm judging the light as being better than darkness, then, then we're not going to make it. <laughs> Because we happen to be part of the darkness because we happen to be experiencing a body which is which is dense. Um, and it's not for me to judge the darkness because I have it, I'm part of it because I have, I'm having this body experience. But I don't have to identify it, it with it. And the body experience right now is is imbalanced. So it's asking me to be still asking me to be still so that I can sort of regroup 
and 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 along with that because there is a connection i'm not separate from from the earth because i have density i'm part and i'm going to go back to the earth because i have an experience of density it's all connected i will be still and let the earth be still along with me so so if i'm in balance then there's a connection between the imbalance on the earth right now it's because this body is imbalanced and this body is 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 has density in it but it also has pure light that's what god gave me to to be able to bring to this planet is pure light but i can't impose it i have to work with the density the peace of god the light of god is shining in me now and the earth and its density will will experience that cuz i'm also connected to the earth so that it can regroup and find its balance until there is a pause until there is stillness given to me by holy spirit then and i can't have that unless i ask for it so if i'm experiencing that density and i'm feeling uncomfortable with it i simply have to call there there's my way out call on holy spirit holy spirit wants me to give her this density that i have and what when i turn it over to holy spirit i'm i'm back into the light if i choose or i can take it back again with my mind but if i choose i can truly turn it over to holy spirit now there's no more fear in that void because because when i turn something over to the holy spirit there is a void cuz i can't i can't judge it anymore i like to fill the void with my judgments cuz i don't like experiencing the void i'm afraid of the void i'm afraid of the unknown i want to know something which is why i judge <laughs> it it makes me it gives me the illusion the delusion that i actually know something and i don't all i know is that i'm here to bring balance to this world through my frequency through my energy through my awareness and when i meditate and pray i can i can have a a, a complete experience of pure awareness I'm aware that I'm aware which is you know I don't know that the trees and the animals have that same awareness they 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 have beingness but they're not aware that they're aware they're just being we are aware that we're aware and so we can create and we create through our frequency and through the knowledge that we are connected to everything and that we can if we choose bring that light that love that compassion that kindness that understanding that knowing my innocence and and all of creation's innocence and when i can do that i can be i can i i'm in the frequency of the holy spirit and i don't judge and i can unite the density with the light and when you when you unite the density with the light it's guess what it is it's light i'm complete oh sandra that was just uh remarkable 
a, a beautiful description of working with the light. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Hi, thank you, Sandra, so much for that. You remind, or you took me to a place where um, I really reveled um, in the revelation that I was light, that I was purely mind, and that light was an understanding. That I came to such, I came to the peace of God by understanding who I was in reality. That I am the I am itself. And in that oneness, I, I knew myself. It was a knowing that came through that understanding that I was light. I was mind in the light, in the holiness of the mind of God. And, Lori, your, your, your shares always take me to that place where um, that in, in, inward dwelling place, that place of holiness that just makes me want to be quiet and still. And it's because it's, it's impossible to describe. And, but the words that come from silence most accurately describe it. And with that, I will be still. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Now, this is Lemoyne. <laughs> I want to try a a simpler answer for you, Karen, and would be yes. <laughs> I think I think that perception is <laughs> is create is correct that you describe um, <clears throat> that you know this is the way we built the separation through belief that seems to be demand to demand the belief, right? And and it is. It's the clouds. The clouds hide unity, the light. Um, but they're 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 really just a collection. Not not. They're a collection of um, our misperceptions. But it's really they're made dense and seeming impenetrable by our belief. Right, and all this comes out of that circle of fear, and I think um, a, a great clarifying thing in a course of love is the uh, the idea that we were we were you know that the the point here is for all being which cannot know itself simply as being one and all being is. Uh, expanding into, um, it, you know, the, the the act of creation expands into a relationship, which requires some level of individuation. So we are created as in unity with the sonship being our soul, but we we have individuated perception and consciousness and the consciousness is not the problem it's the the belief that we're 
in separation, that separation is the foundation, but the separation is there in unity to provide relationship, provide room for relationship and for being to experience itself. <clears throat> but with the belief in separation, then we get the fear and then this, these cycles of fear, um, fear breeding, require, seeming to require judgment, projected brings more fear. Um, and it's, you know, the action of fear is to call more fear into itself and just the same as with love. But the fear divides, whereas the love unifies. So that circle of fear sits there and spins off both the clouds and <clears throat> our perception of the world, which as separate individuals, we don't see the real world, which is all one. We see our own little world projected. And so it's like it says in the clouds, you can, you can get a whole world going in there but it's it's all spun off of this. Well, I mean, it's not all purely all fear, right? There are elements of love because it, it is all founded in love. But it, you know, it's uh, a world of division, separate bodies, and so forth. You know, the the text is pretty clear. The body is not the issue here. <laughs> you know, it's what we project upon it that's 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 or try to reject from our mind and and lose in the body that that causes illness um anyway not to go on sidetrack to get back to the main line here this thing that um about heaven and earth that uh heaven in, in the principles of miracles says heaven and earth shall pass away simply means they will not continue to exist as separate states. It's that we, you know, we can learn that the separation is not the, the main thing going on here. That it has a purpose, and that purpose is to create... Um, the capabilities for experiencing relationship and not between separate individuals but the relationship of light that binds all i mean not i, I don't mean to say this is not relationship between individuals but the primary thing about relationship is this idea of holy relationship with everything anyway so that I'm complicating my simple answer here, but yes, the the heaven and earth are the same. We just don't see it, and you know, lost in all the stuff we project and we projected upon it. And uh, yeah, I maybe there was something else, but I will definitely stop there. I'm complete with that. Thanks for the question. No, that was really excellent, Lemoyne. 
Yes, thank you, thank you thank so you. much. It was really helpful, and it and it was right with what Lori was saying, which reminded me that the ring of I think what I heard, and I'm just reflecting this back to you guys. The ring of fear uh, sends out its messengers in the senses, the body world, the you know the body's perception. It sends out its messengers to perceive <clears throat> what it perceives. So it's the, it's the level of cause of all the distortions. We have to go past that level to get to the truth of what's... And, and I loved, Lemoyne, when you said that heaven and earth are not separate, that you, you know, said the principle of miracles reminded me. Thank you so much. Excellent reflection, Karen. Thank you. Feel free to correct me if I got it if I got it wrong. <laughs> no, not uh, at uh, all. Not at all. It says never reason with the unreasonable. Never understand that which cannot be understood. Um, that's the message for the Holy Spirit is uh, truth is only truth. It is the only reality. Everything else borrows itself from reality. And that's the illusion. So when we see a world that acts unreasonable, that we see a world that acts without understanding, then we understand the world of illusion we find ourselves in. And we ask for clarity. And we ask for guidance. And this is the ring of fire. This is the ring of fear of which we find ourselves in. And this is the course that was given to us to help us with that guidance. And these are the students who have studied and devoted their lives to forgiveness and devoted their lives to God's light of love. And uh, again, I give thanks for this time here. Amen. Thank you, Charles. I thought I was uh, unmuted there. So I didn't thank you. Oh. Thank oh, you, Charles. Me too. Thank you, Charles. I wanted to, um, about these messengers uh, that he talks about, you know, uh, it's a metaphor. And um, probably the best analogy to that metaphor that I can think of ever having come across was, do you remember um, the movie The Wizard of Oz? Uh, the wicked the wicked witch is in her little place and, and she has all these little monkeys that she directs. Go out and find. What does she find? What do they find but exactly what she wants them to bring? This is how the ego thought system works. It works uh, to... Find here's here's the root that I want that I think is so worthy of remembering. Perception is a result, not a cause. Perception is projection. You see what you believe is there, 
and you believe it's there because you want it there. That is so critical. You see it's there because you want it there. A really beautiful shift uh, that can happen. And it was it started in lesson 181. I trust my brothers who are one with me. Remember that lesson begins with perception has a focus. Perception has a focus. That's the want. That's the want. Perception has a focus. All I need to do is change the focus of what I want. And that will be given me. And when I want truth, when I say I don't know about anything, I don't know about anything, but it works in a particular situation, say with a particular person, that I don't understand what's going on in this relationship. I can look at it like that. I see what I believe is there, and I believe it's there because I want it there. What do I want? I want the truth. I don't know the truth, but I want it. And truth will be given me. And the truth is always some version of love and unity. Always. This is what he's talking about when he talks about Christ's vision. You know, the wish to see. I want, I want the truth. I don't want anything but truth. The wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible. Um, when I first started to navigate that, um, came the recognition that I am... I am not the seer in any situation. The Holy Spirit is the seer. And if the Holy Spirit is there in my mind with love, that's what I'm going to see if that's what I want. Why? Because love is the universal truth. It's the one concept in this world that is wholly true. Remember Lesson 108, Giving and Receiving are One in Truth? If that's what I want, I will be granted that. It will come into my awareness. And the teacher of God, you know, is is one that has learned that there's power within but not of. You know, it's, it's not anything that I bring to a situation. Truth is always God's gift to me. And if I think I know what the truth is, um... In any situation, I'm likely to be led astray um, because I'm always influenced by the past, by beliefs of which I'm unaware. Um, I run into someone who who triggers me. Uh, what I'm really uh, triggered by is something in my mind that I'm unaware of. You know, I have to be constantly asking for the truth and. Um, and, and that's the guide, you know. Anyway, see what you believe is there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. If I change what I want, uh, that's all I'm asked to do, change what I want, and I'll, I'll be given a vision of it. So, I'm complete. Oh, and I have to tell you, Lemoyne, thank you for the gift of um, seeing everything in relationship. You know, that's what I wanted to say when I talked about this gift of seeing. Is Holy Spirit has to see for me. 
um, and and my guide must be uh, if it's in my awareness it's something God loves and I need direction on how to um, cooperate with that or participate with that in relationship I'm complete Amen Thank you, Lori. I was thinking um, that we recently, recently read something that said perception rests on belief. And I've been trying to apply that. You know, when I, when I see something askew, I, I think about what am I believing about this? What, what beliefs do I not realize that I'm holding? But it's easier when you shortcut it to what do I want? Because you, what you want also rests on your belief, the shift in belief. So thank you for that. It's really helpful. I'm complete. Amen. Why mm-hmm. not help me? Thanks, Karen. Amen. Thank you, Karen. Only through relationship can we come to know God's glory. And uh, relationships our main theme in the whole life without which there would be no life at all thank you Laurie thank you Lemoyne yes and it's our relationship with the light and our relationship with the darkness. And as long as there's no judgment in there, either way, then we're free to create. I'm complete. Indeed, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I know somewhere in the Course of Miracles it states that first we forgive in order to find peace of mind. Then after peace of mind, we create in God's light of God's love, or God creates in us the light of his love, in us and through us with each other. So forgiveness is the key to first receiving God's peace in order to restore us back to a place where God can create in us and through us. So I just thought I'd share that. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Uh, you guys, uh, it's time to end our recording. And I just wanted to share that um, uh, my little sister had a knee replacement. And uh, she's going to be alone for a few days, so I'm going to leave here and and go up to South Dakota for a few days. And I probably won't be able to be on the call. Um, And if I I can get in, uh, I'll probably need to be quiet. Um, So anyway, uh, with that, I wanted to close this recording, and I couldn't think of a better place than 
in chapter 25. Chapter 25 is the remedy, and it has the important section, joining of mind. And there he says, you makers of a world that is not so, take rest and comfort in another world where peace abides. This world you bring with you, this world you bring with you, to all the weary eyes and tired hearts that look on sin and be its sad refrain. From you can come the rest. From you can rise a world they will rejoice to look upon and where their hearts are glad. In you there is a vision which extends to all of them and covers them in gentleness and light. And in this widening world of light, the darkness they thought was theirs pushed away until it is but distant shadows. Far away, not long to be remembered as the sun shines them to nothingness. And all their so-called evil thoughts and so-called sinful hopes, their dreams of guilt and merciless revenge, and every wish to hurt and kill and die will disappear before the sun you bring. Would you not do this for the love of God and for yourself? Or think what it would do for you. Your evil thoughts that haunt you now will seem increasingly remote and far away from you. And they go farther and farther off because the sun in you, the peace in you, the love in you has risen that they may be pushed away before the light. They linger a while, a little while, in twisted forms too far away for recognition and are gone forever. And in the sunlight, you will stand in quiet, in innocence and wholly unafraid. And from you will the rest you found extend so that your peace can never fall away and leave you homeless. Those who offer peace to everyone have found a home in heaven the world cannot destroy, for it is large enough to hold the world within its peace. Peace of God is shining in me now. Amen. And thank you, everyone who listens to this call, who calls and joins, and who practices these lessons. Thank you.